Welcome to Imagine Radio, featuring insights and opinions from thought leaders and subject matter experts in the HIM and healthcare industry to help you stay educated and informed. Hard to believe that we're winding up day two already. I'm your host, Todd Youngblood. Welcome back. And our final guest of the day, hand-picked, hand-picked to be the anchor woman <laughs> for, our, for our show today. Delighted to have with us Tamara Walcott. She's the HIM Director and HIPAA Privacy Officer for the Nevada State Veterans Home. Tamara, thanks for coming by. We appreciate it. Thank you. Just to get us kicked off here, can you give us a, a quick insight into your background and what got you on your journey to where um, you are now? I was actually getting my bachelor's degree in uh, healthcare administration, you know, like for hospital administrator. Mm-hmm. And I felt, stumbled across this job at the Nevada State Veterans Home, which is a state-run veterans nursing home and for a health information director. So I looked at the description and says, hey, I can do this. Well, in order to be, actually become the director, I had to get a, finish my bachelor's degree and become an RHIA, which I did. And um, that's been almost 10 years ago now. And I became a HIPAA privacy officer for my own choice. I'm certified in that. And I love what I do. I've done medical billing and coding since I was probably 25. I should have been in the HIM aspect of that. The, gotcha. Yeah. Well, yeah. you saw the light. I did see the light, <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. The Nevada State Veterans Home. I mean, just the name of it strikes me. It's got to be a special place. It's very special. Tell, tell us about it. Our residents are veterans of war. Their spouses or Gold Star parents, which are parents that lost a child in combat. And we are a 180-bed facility located in Boulder City, Nevada, which is just over the hill from Las Vegas, Nevada. We are actually building a second home in the Sparks, Nevada region up near Reno. And so right now, we're the only state veterans home in the state of Nevada. We'll have two at the end of next year. I mean, I just, it, it kind of gives me a little bit of a chill to think about it, that that kind of a place exists because it, sure, it certainly needs to. So, uh. And it's really wonderful because, you know, we're taking care of men and women who went out and risked their lives to keep us safe and protect us and, and you know, keep our country safe. Yeah, Tamara, I've got to believe there are special challenges. I mean, getting specifically into, into coding, for example, mm-hmm. that veterans and the kind of injuries they have are, are a lot of them not common and maybe more severe than, than, I mean, what are the coding challenges that are, that are really specific to you know, this kind of, of an environment? One of the coding challenges, well, we're pretty limited. I mean, most folks in a nursing home seem to have the same medical conditions, pretty common, you know, like hypertension, diabetes, dementia, of course. We are seeing more and more come in with PTSD and behavioral health issues because, you know, as we, the Vietnam veterans age, then we're seeing an increase in that. And so there are coding challenges with that. Sometimes coding, the codes that we have available and we use ICD-10-CM is really not, doesn't really give us the ability to paint the picture really? of the resident's health. Yeah, some, it's just, I get real frustrated with it. What, I mean, is there anything you can do or what are you doing? Because you probably are doing something yes. about it. I mean, talk about what you're doing to improve the ICD-10 standards so that you can get a fuller picture of these folks. I make my opinion known. <laughs> <laughs> the, the body language there was interesting. Yes. I could tell you, you meant what you said. Well, you know, I really don't think there's a lot of resources, enough resources for long-term care, HIM departments. And I would really, HEMA's doing much better with that. This year, there's four sessions for long-term care, which I'm right. thrilled. But more needs to be done. We've got more and more people getting older, and pretty soon we're going to have a whole millions of older folks who may be in nursing homes 
And we're going to need the support and the resources so that we can make sure that the medical record's accurate. Can you get a little more specific? I mean, when you say long-term care, you look at the aging bo- baby boomers. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's there. It, <laughs> there's no doubt right. uh, that it's coming. I are one, yeah, uh, for too. example. So more, <laughs> mm-hmm. more specifically, what does need to get done? What else does AHEMA, for example, need to be doing if, if you were in charge? You know, they've got the long-term care. They do the long-term care summit, mm-hmm. and that's good. They've got four sessions, like I said, this year for long-term care. I would just like to see more. I'd like to see some resources, some books, some webinars, anything like that that were offered. Yeah, do you, how, or how much do you communicate and how do you communicate with other folks that are in a similar position to yours in I other, really don't in other have, states? There's really no vehicle there really for isn't. it. Because I would, I mean, any thoughts on how that kind of communication could happen? I just, it strikes me that some peer-to-peer inter- interactions about what are the issues and what might we do could we, be helpful. We do have a resource with Ahima's Engage. Mm-hmm. When Before they changed to their new format, they used to have a specific group for long-term care, and they did away with that. And that was very disappointing because people would post specific resources, forms, mm-hmm, information mm-hmm. for long-term care, and, they, and that stuff's still there, but you really have to dig for it. Why? Why is there this dearth of resources, do you think? I think because the focus is on inpatient and physician's office. Okay, so it's just a matter of there's so many things to do, and this is one that somehow we've got to figure out how to raise the priority of Pretty soon, too, because it's going to to be one of those things where we're going to go, uh-oh. Well, I'm not. We should, have, we should have prepared for it. <laughs> yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I truly believe that. Let's shift a little bit to, to HIPAA mm-hmm. challenges. Again, in the environment mm-hmm. with a veteran's nursing home has got to be an important yeah. set of challenges. Yes. Well, you know, one of the things that we do to help the residents is we have their a photograph of them outside the room. Now, this could be a recent photograph or in many, many cases, it's their actual military. In uniform. Portrait. Yes. Yeah. Because it helps them. To recognize the room. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And we've gone around and around about that. I can't find anything that says yes or no. You know, HIPAA tells us we need to take reasonable precautions. Right. So that's what we do. We do maintain a a restriction list. So if they don't want their name listed or anything like that, then, of course, we honor that. We have to. The other thing that we do, because it's not a nursing home, it's not a facility, it is their home. Right. That is where they have gone and they will stay there until they die. In most cases. So we try to make it home-like. So, you know, there's a board that's got their birthdays, their name and their birth date. And we've gone around and around about that. But again, we do the the reasonable precautions because we don't want to take away that home-like atmosphere. Right, right. And we do do our best with that. How are the families involved with that? I I would think that might be something that they would have some feedback on if it's a a parent or a grandfather, whatever the relationship Mm -hmm. might be. I mean, I'm trying to picture someone... A loved one of mine. I, th- I think the idea of having a picture in uniform is cool. Mm-hmm. It I is really that, cool. That's a that's a, a piece of pride that I think an individual. Would it have. really is, and the families are really supportive of that. You know, there again, we do have residents that come in, and they don't want certain family members or friends to know that they're there. And so, I maintain a restriction list. And surprisingly, there's not that many people on it. Well, that's Mo- good to hear. Most people don't really have a preference one way or the other. But you know, those are the, some of the issues with I get. I continue to have problems with staff saying, well, we can't give you so-and-so's room number. And HIPAA tells us that we can, if we can tell them their room number if they ask by name. Mm-hmm. And so that's something I'm constantly educating about. So that's a training issue uh-huh. more than more Another than issue that we've run into uh, recently is, you know, they're having an event like a, some singers. And we've got residents 
90 years old that like mm-hmm. to dance. So they get up and dance. Well, then we've got other staff members that are taking pictures and stuff, and they post them on Facebook. Uh, That's a no-no. Yeah. And so I've had to do a lot of education about that this year. So Progress? I mean, where, where do you see things heading? Or what are you going to focus on in terms of, of improving as we move, move ahead over the next couple of years? Well, I'm just going to, in, hopefully there won't be any new HIPAA regulations out there for a while. I'm just really going to focus on education. And my whole thing with, with someone, if they violate HIPAA, I don't, my, uh, I'm not, um, not going to punish them the first time. It's an education thing. Right, because most right. people don't think, and especially in the heat of the moment, you're just like, you know. Yeah, you're working hard and, and you're right. dedicated. Oh, yeah. you just forgot. But repeat offenders need to be, you know, and we have had to get pretty serious with some repeat offenders. And they, you know, they lose their job. So, well, because I mean, we have to protect those folks. They are vulnerable yeah. people. There are reasons that the HIPAA standards are in place. Exactly. And there are good, good mm-hmm. reasons for yes. that. Yes. Mm-hmm. If you could solve one problem, if you had, a, you know, the magic wand, mm-hmm. what, you know, just the one big issue that you could make go away, what would that be, Tamara? Make go away? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> you can only pick one. Related to HIPAA and coding or something yeah, else? Yeah, HIPAA and coding. HIPAA and coding. Or long-term care. I mean, either, um, any of those three things. Okay, well, the massive res- regulations, the massive documentation that we have to do, you would not believe. So just, just make that easier, make it uh, less? Less. Got it, got it. Even with electronic records, which we have, if I need to produce a record, I sometimes end up producing 10,000 pages. Wow. Yes. Okay. In- intimidating. Tamara, yes. I wish we had some more time to talk about it. I mean, it's just, the topic is so broad and deep. Mm, yes, <laughs> it is. We could go at it mm-hmm. for, for an awfully long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, in case some folks want to have a conversation with you or communicate with you a little bit, mm-hmm. can you give us some contact information mm-hmm. so we can begin to share, maybe get mm-hmm. some more communication going on, particularly around the long-term care yes. solutions that we talked about? How can folks get a hold of My direct office number is 702-332-6733. And my email is walcotttt, so that's W-A-L-C-O-T-T-T, at veterans.nv.gov. Tamara Walcott, HIM Director and HIPAA Privacy Officer for Nevada State Veterans Home. Thanks for coming by and sharing your perspectives. We appreciate it. Thanks for having me. That wraps this episode. On behalf of my guest, Tamara Walcott, I'm Todd Youngblood, wrapping up Imagine Radio for today. But we will be back tomorrow morning with another lineup of great guests. Thanks. Imagine Radio. 